welcome to Anil Arana Live. These podcasts feature audio sermons and reflections from internationally renowned preacher and retreat leader Anil Arana, recorded live during his missions around the world. For more audio podcasts, video sermons, and articles, please visit www.holyspiritinteractive.org or www.anilarana.com today. Are you ready for the word of God? Yes. Good. Over the last few days, I had several people come and visit me for counseling. And I noticed they had a common denominator. Every one of them in the stories that they told me, they were all afraid of something or the other. And after they left, I thought about people in general and I realized there's almost every single human being on this planet, including everyone sitting here, I'm sure, who is afraid of something. We're afraid of dogs, we're afraid of cats, we're afraid of rats, even when they're dead. We're afraid of heights, we're afraid of depths, we're afraid of failure, we're afraid of humiliation, we're afraid of persecution, we're afraid of prison, we're afraid of torture. We're afraid of the sky falling down on our heads. We're afraid of the ground opening in front of us. We're afraid of sickness. We're afraid of misery. We're afraid of death. We're afraid of life too sometimes. We're afraid. Every one of us. The fears in some of us might not be very large, but I can almost say with complete certainty that every single one of us sitting here has at least one small fear. Why? I always ask these questions because for me, for me, anything that takes us away from complete freedom is an affront. It is an affront not only to ourselves and our faith, but it is an affront to our God. I believe there is a solution. And I believe the solution is here in what I'm about to read. I read to you from Matthew chapter 14. Verses 22 onwards. Now this is a passage that I've read several times and used this story in several contexts. And it fascinates me how one particular passage can give us so many different lessons. You'll be surprised at the lesson you learn here today. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be 
afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Jesus, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the word of God. I have dramatized this before. I'm going to dramatize it again. Only this time when I do it, I want you to be Peter in the boat. It is early in the morning, about two o'clock or three o'clock, I imagine. It is dark, except for the light that's coming down from the moon. You are an expert fisherman, but even though you have been in the water all your lives, there is a storm that is blowing that is so huge and so frightening, you are terrified. In the middle of this storm, you suddenly see a figure coming towards you, a figure in white, shining. You think it is a ghost and the fear that is in you begins to intensify until the voice cries out to you, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. You feel kind of reassured in your heart. But as you look at the figure, something within you propels you to reach out and do something. To do what that man in front of you is doing. You don't know why. But you sense here, in the middle of everything that is going on, an opportunity to get out and do something really, really brave, really, really courageous. So you say to that figure there, because you need him to tell you, can I come? And the figure over there, I imagine, with a little smile on his face, says, come. So you get out of the boat. Your heart is hammering like it has never hammered before. They go banging against your ribcage. And you step out of the boat and you start to walk towards this man. Your eyes are on him. There is nothing you cannot do. But then you make a big mistake. You take your eyes off the man in front of you and you see the storm. Now before I go further, I just want to ask you one question. Where was the storm all this while? Had it gone? Oh, it's still there. The wind was blowing, the boat was rocking, the waves were churning. But none of that seemed to matter to you because all you were thinking of was this man in front of you who is walking on water and you in front of him doing the same thing. What joy, what power, what strength. 
But then when you took your eyes off the man, you suddenly saw the storm that was there. And you began to sink, afraid again. This time terrified that you're going to die. And you cry out to this man, Lord, save me. And the man, I imagine with still a smile on his face, reaches out, takes your hand and pulls you up and says, why were you afraid? And holding your hand, he gets into the boat with you. Everyone around you has their eyes open, wondering what happened just now, realizing that something extraordinary had just taken place and that this man walking on the water was truly the Son of God. There is a direct relation between two things in this story. Fear on one side and faith on the other side. The only thing that can combat fear is faith. And how do you get faith? The word of God tells us that faith is obtained from hearing the word of God, which is what you're doing here. But how does that work really? What is it that you read in the word of God that is going to give you faith? What you're going to read are the lives, stories about the lives of people just like you sitting here, beginning with people like Adam and Eve right down to the apostles. Every single one of them was afraid. And to almost every single one of them, Jesus said the same words, do not be afraid. If there is one command repeated the most in the Bible, it is the words, be not afraid, fear not, do not be afraid more than anything else in the Bible. And why is that so? Because God understands how fearful we are as human beings. And he wants to reassure us time and time again that there is nothing to really be afraid of. But let us look at some of the fear in the Bible. Adam and Eve. They enjoyed a life of bliss till they disobeyed God. And listened to the serpent. Listened to the devil. And all of a sudden they were afraid. They were afraid of God of showing their faces to him. And they hid. Fast forward a little more. Abraham, whom we regard as the father of nations and give him so much of respect, he met a few kings who thought, who he thought eyed his wife. So rather than saying this is my wife and being proud of it, he said this is my sister, thinking that if he said this woman is my wife, they would kill him and take her to be their own. He was afraid. Fast forward. Moses. God called him out out of millions of people saying, you go and give your people freedom. I am sending you to them. Moses was afraid because he did not know how to speak. Saul was appointed the first king of the Israelites. The first thing he faced when he took over as king was a Philistine army coming towards him. He was afraid. David followed him to the throne. He was anointed king, but rather than sit on the throne, he was forced to run for his life, hunted down for years by the very man he once loved. He was afraid. His son Solomon was given the task of building a temple. He didn't think he could do it. He was afraid he would fail. Fast forward thousands of years and we come to Mary, a young teenage girl, 
One day an angel came to her and said, you're going to be the mother of God. She was afraid. Joseph found out about it. And he was afraid too. Thinking of the shame that would come upon himself. Thinking about all the things that people would say. Peter, who knew Jesus intimately. More intimately than possibly anyone ever did. He was one day threatened or afraid for his life. Fearful that the same fate that Jesus had met, he would meet. He was afraid. After Jesus rose from the dead, he came and breathed the spirit on the apostles. But yet they were hiding in the upper room of the house in which they lived, afraid. All these men, all these stories are people like us, fearful. People like us, afraid. God says to you, as he said to them, do not be afraid. Why? Let's see what the word of God says, shall we? I'm going to read a lot of scripture to you today. Because I believe in listening to the word of God, we will find what we need. And every now and then I'm going to explain a few things that really need to sink into our hearts if we want to leave this place free of all fear. And I want every single one of us to be delivered of whatever fear we have here tonight. And trust me, you will. Trust me on this, you will. Do you believe that? Yes. Good. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 6. The Israelites stand at the entrance of the promised land. And they're afraid. Moses knows he's not going to enter. But Joshua is. And he says these words to Joshua. Now many of you here are entering the promised land. And what is the promised land for you tonight? The promised land for you tonight is a land without fear. Listen to what God has to say to you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Joshua 1.9 Now Joshua is about to lead his people into the promised land. There are going to be enemies everywhere, like there are going to be enemies around you. What are your fears? What are the demons that haunt you and keep you awake at night? They're going to be surrounding you, coming after you with everything they have. Joshua says to you what he said to the people. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You know, as a preacher, it is sometimes hard to do what I do. I know I make it seem so easy. I come here and I just preach and I seem to go on for about 45 minutes without any break, without any pause. The words just keep coming. And some of you must certainly think this man is blessed with the gift of the gab. I mean, he just can't talk. I can't. Like Moses, I was very, very afraid of coming in front of people and talking to them. A few years ago, Jesus commissioned me like he commissioned the apostles and like he commissions you. He says, go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey all I've commanded you. And at the end of it, there's a promise that he keeps repeating to me every single time I feel my feet going slow. The promise is this. I will be 
with you until the end of the age. There are so many times I'm not prepared to do what he's asking me to do. For a variety of reasons. One of the reasons is sometimes I don't feel worthy to do it. No longer. Now today I'm good. But there are times, honestly, I don't feel like standing in front of God's people and talking to them. And he says, this is about me. You go, I am with you. And this is what I want you to understand, that God is with you. All you need to do is step out in faith like Peter did and like every other hero in the Bible did to go forward just believing that God is right by your side. He will not let you fall. He will not let you sink. I stand here as a personal testimony to that. He loves you as much as he loves me. You have to believe that. And he will stand by you just as he stands by me. You want to say amen to that? 1 Chronicles 28.20 David also said to Solomon his son, Be strong and courageous and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Solomon was given the task of building this temple and he was afraid. Many of you sometimes have ambitious projects that you've undertaken. Many of you want to do great things and you start forward with great enthusiasm but somewhere in the middle you start facing problems and difficulties and you think this task is too big for you listen to what God says to you he is with you continue and complete the work that you have started and trust me and trust God more that he will complete in you what he has begun with you again you want to say amen to that amen. Isaiah 41 10 now Isaiah speaks a lot about fear and all the talks to the Israelites who constantly are afraid. And I can figure it out. I mean, once you've conquered fear, once you understand that God is with you, how can you lose that faith? How can you lose that trust? I don't want us to make the same mistake the Israelites made. Today, when you're delivered of fear, today, when you leave here, don't return to the fear again. In whatever form it is, and I will show you ways in which to defeat it, practical ways that you can start putting into your life, putting into practice in your life, and you see what God starts to do. Isaiah 41.10, so do not fear, for I am with you. Again, the same words, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. A few verses later, for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Are you afraid of being alone? Are you afraid that you might have to do things alone? Look at your life and look at something that you're doing right now. Are you afraid because nobody is there by your side to help you? Are you a single parent, for instance, thinking, my God, my husband or my wife has left me and here I am left with these children to deal with them on my own? Do you struggle in your house? with the missing spouse having to manage an entire house by yourself? Do you struggle through life alone? Maybe you don't have children, maybe you don't even have a husband. You just have yourself. Is that you I am talking about now? You're not alone. God is with you. I was speaking to a very elderly lady last week. 
I think she was in her 60s or 70s. I'm not sure. And she was absolutely terrified, terrified of being alone. So terrified of being alone, her children had to bring her to stay with them, despite it being a very huge burden upon them. I spoke to this lady at length, and I told her the same things that I'm telling you. I said, do you have faith? And she said, yes, I do. I said, do you believe in Jesus? And she said, yes, I do. Do you believe that he's there with you? And she hesitated a little over there. And I knew, though we believe that Jesus is God and Jesus is there, we sometimes find it truly difficult to believe that he is there right beside us. I don't take one step, one step, without the knowledge that he is walking by my side. And all of you might not be here. I might be the only person left on this earth. I will not be alone because he is with me. And if you want to believe it, he's with you too. Let us continue. Do not be afraid, Isaiah 54, 4. You will not suffer shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. Now here's something for every one of us. We sin. Do you sin? Good. I'm glad we're honest. Are you ashamed of your sin? Good. You should be. But here is the thing. If you repent back towards God, there is no more reason for shame because that sin that you have committed has been obliterated off the face of this earth. This is what God promises us. And this is what we need to believe here without a shred of doubt in our minds. I had a bad life. You know my life. I don't need to talk about it. Look at yours. Look at yours and look at the sins and the shame and, and all the things that you did that makes you feel so stupid, so weak, so useless. Look at all of that. Sometimes we let it stop us from moving ahead. Not understanding that every single mistake that we have made, every single sin that we have committed, we go for confession. It is wiped off the face of this earth. It no longer exists in space or in time. It only exists in your mind. Get it out of there. Here and now, here today. Because God says, there is no reason for you to be ashamed of anything that you did. You did something bad last night. What did you do? What's the worst thing you could possibly do? You truly repented for that sin in your heart? You went for a confession this morning? Hold your head high. There is nobody who can point a finger at you and say, you bad man, because you're not bad anymore. You're good. You're good in the eyes of God because he made you righteous. He made you pure. He made you perfect here tonight. You want to say amen to that, all of you? I want to read that again. Do not be afraid. You will not suffer shame. The devil, yes, he will come and he will make you feel shameful for the bad things you did. He will say, shame on you, you Christian, you, you hypocrite, you guy who goes to church every day, you guy who leads praise and worship, 
You guy who goes for prayer meetings and claps so enthusiastically, I know your sin. You tell that guy, that miserable cretin that he is, you tell him, you might know my sin, but you don't know my God, and you don't know my God has forgiven me my sin. You get the hell out of here. That is why you need to tell the devil whenever he comes to you. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. And here also I want to assure you of the words of God. Your past might sometimes come as a challenge to you. Do what I do. I talk about my past. What is anybody going to do? You're a drunkard? Yes, I was. So what? You were a drug addict? Yes, I was. So what? I was an animal? Yes, I was. So what? I am not now. I am not now. You need to tell yourself that too. And if anybody comes and throws your past at you, you say, that wasn't me. That was somebody else. That man is gone. I'm a new person, a new creation in Christ. Is that what you are? Yeah. Romans 8.15. Now listen to this. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. Yes, when we were slaves of the devil, we were slaves to fear. Oh, how he controlled us, how he made us afraid. He made us afraid of every single thing that we did. He made us stay awake at nights, pondering the, the bad, wicked things we did during the day. Oh, we were afraid. We were afraid of being caught. We were afraid of, of going to prison. We were afraid of people finding out and mocking us and, and turning us into outcasts. We were afraid. Weren't you? I'm sure you were. That was the demon controlling you. And how does he control us? He controls us through fear. You have to understand this. Because the way the devil works to us is to make us afraid. And once we're afraid, he has us in the palm of his hands. I stopped being afraid of the devil a few months after my conversion. I got to tell you this story, even though I possibly told it to you before. I had a holy man come to my house. He was a preacher, a respected, well-known preacher. And because I was thirsting for God, I, I soaked every word that he had to say. And most of his words, to be fair to him, were good. He taught me a lot. And I was grateful to him, and I always will be grateful. One day after he spoke to me, he left my house. And on the steps as he was leaving, he said, Anil, I want you to bless your house every day. And I said, you want me to bless my house every day? With what? With holy water? And he said, yes. I said, why? He said, to keep us safe from the devil. So I said, why? What, what can the devil do to my house? And he, you know, as a preacher, as furious me, he said, thundered. The devil can burn your house down. And I said, oh my God, that's, that's, that's terrible. So I got hold of a carton of Masafi bottles. I took it to the priest, had him bless all of them. I came back home with these 12, 13 bottles. And every morning, afternoon and evening, I'd go sprinkling my house with holy water. I'm sure the Holy Spirit was watching all of this. He was very amused, but he didn't say anything for a week. After a week, I was doing this one morning, going about my, you know, sprinkling holy water on the house. And he said, what are you doing? And I said, can't you see? I'm blessing the house. And he said, why are you doing that? And I said, didn't you hear what the preacher man said? He said, the devil can burn my house down. And he said, I see. And what is God going to do? He's just going to stand by the side and let the devil burn your house down? And that is the moment, that is the moment I lost all fear of the devil. And never again have I been afraid of him. And I'm telling you, don't be afraid of him because the only power he has is the power you let him have. 
I just want to clarify something here. It is not a bad thing to bless your house. Please bless your house and bless it often. But please don't go sprinkling holy water in morning, noon, and night. Because, you know, you don't need to do that. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't be afraid of this guy. He is a defeated enemy, vanquished, trampled under the foot of Jesus Christ of Nazareth forever. For you did not receive a spirit that made you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. And my God, my God, if there is one reason we never ever need to be afraid in our entire lives is if we fully understand that God Almighty who created the heaven and the earth, everything that is seen and unseen, who breathed life into every living creature, including you, he is your father. Come on. Come on. You have children? Are they afraid when they're with you? Even though you're weak, even though you're human, even though you often fail, are they afraid when they're with you? My God, you see a little child hold your hand and you know that child feels secure with you. That that child, boy or girl, knows that as long as he or she is with you, there is nothing that can harm her, nothing that can touch her. A little child like that to a human being like you. He is God Almighty. He is your father. Hold his hand and my God, if you don't feel like nothing in the world can touch you, I don't know what will save you. This is something I want us to remember. Here tonight and every day of our lives, every time we feel fear threatening us, I am my father's son, I am my father's daughter, and I am safe with him. This is what I want you to believe and tell yourselves beginning tonight that as long as you believe that God is your father, he's there to look after you. You need to go to him and trust him as a father though. Psalm 27, here's David. Listen to this, this is beautiful. I'm going to read you more than one verse. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Now David is being hunted down on all sides by his enemies, including the current king of Israel who has the power to kill him and destroy him. Yet what does David say? Why should I be afraid when the Lord my God is my light and my strength and he's right beside me? Why should I be afraid? Of whom should I be afraid? Who are you afraid of? What person are you afraid of? Someone in your workplace? Someone in your neighborhood? Someone who's threatened to kill you because you haven't paid back a loan? Someone who's out to destroy you because of some hurt, either real or perceived? Who are you afraid of? Sitting here now, who are you afraid of? Why are you afraid of him or her? Ask yourself this question now. I know some of you are very fearful of the people around you. You think they can take away your jobs. You think they can crush you in the place that you're working at? You think they won't let you rise in your prayer groups or your churches or your organizations or your businesses? Who is it you're afraid of? Why are you afraid of them? Listen further to what David has to say. When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, 
When my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. And why will they do that? Because my Lord, my God, who's also my father, your father will not let them reach me and touch a single hair on my head. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Forget about one guy or two guys or three guys. Send who you want against me. Let them surround me on all sides and try to starve me out. The war break out against me. Even then will I be confident. Even then will I be confident that even if the entire world is stacked against me, I have my God next to me. Save me. He will protect me. One thing I ask of the Lord, and now we come to a request that God makes, that David makes of God. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. And here, my brothers and my sisters, as manna from heaven. I want to read that again before I come forward. One thing I ask of the Lord, and that is this. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. I always used to wonder why God said that David was a man after his own heart. I always wondered. David made mistakes like we did. Greater mistakes than we did. Many of us sitting in this room have never cheated on our wives. David did. He committed adultery. And I don't think anyone in this room has committed murder. David did. But yet God says, David has a heart after mine. Saul also made mistakes. We spoke about Saul last week. But yet God never said this about Saul. And last week it suddenly clicked in my head. You know, sometimes these things just snap into place. And I realized, especially after reading this verse here, that Saul and many other people, including people here, very often sought their own glory, sought things for themselves. But David continuously and constantly, even through his sinning, always sought God. He always sought to do the will of God. Sometimes he failed. He always kept his eyes focused on God. He always wanted to glorify God in everything he did. Yes, he had a kingdom. I am telling you, he didn't really care about that kingdom at all. You could have taken it. He still would have been happy as long as he had his God with him. And this is what I want to tell you. You really want to live a free life? A life without fear? What is it that makes you afraid? Failure. Failure of what? Failure. An inability to... To achieve success in the things that you want to achieve. That is what makes you afraid. Afraid of losing the people who mean something to you. That is what makes you afraid. Think about it. It's the insecurity within us that makes us fearful. God is with you and your eyes are on him. What insecurity? What are you afraid of losing? You have God and he's all that matters. Every week for the last few weeks I've been singing a song. When I look into his holiness that comes straight from this line here. You look into the holiness of God. You look into the loveliness of God. And I'm telling you, if you truly see how beautiful he is, everything else ceases to matter.
Everything else just fades away into insignificance. All you have is God with you, in you. Freedom from fear. Look into the eyes of God. I'm going to come back to this in a minute. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. And then John kind of takes it from there. 1 John 4.18 There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Some of the most beautiful lines in scripture. And if you understand these lines, your life will change just like that. Not only in your relationship with God, but also in your relationship with each other. I'm going to take five minutes. I'm going to pray the Holy Spirit opens our hearts and minds anew. Keeps them alert to listen to what God wants to say to you now. There is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear. Do you love God? Don't, don't answer. I know you do. You wouldn't be here if you didn't. The question should actually be this. How much? How much do you love God? If you love God the way he asks to be loved with everything you have, you will do everything in your power to obey him, no matter how difficult that might be. We spoke about obedience last week. And when you obey God, you remain in his will. When you remain in his will, you remain in his love. And when you remain in his complete, total love, there is no reason for fear at all. I'm living that life today as I speak to you, so I know what I'm speaking about. There is no fear. There is just pure, total, complete, perfect love. Receive it. Make it yours. Obey God completely, unconditionally. Give your heart to him wholly, totally, with all your soul and see if what I tell you is not the truth. And when you understand that, come to loving one another. I've spoken about this many times. Do you love somebody? Every one of you, do you love someone? Are you afraid of losing that person? Be honest. Why? Why? Are you afraid of losing your wife? You're afraid of losing your husband? Maybe you're not married. Are you afraid of losing your lover? Why? Because you think it will leave your life empty. It will leave your life meaningless. Because you're looking at yourself. Perfect love. Look at the person you say you love and think only about that person's happiness, just as I told you. When you look at God, think of his happiness. Love him, love her with 
total self-sacrificing love, total love that is giving, that continues giving even when you don't receive anything. And see how free you start to feel. See how free you start to feel when you don't expect anything for yourselves. Perfect love drives out all fear. And how do you get this perfect love? Let's leave couples aside now for just a minute. How do you achieve perfect love for one another? You're supposed to love each other. Are you able to do that? Love without desire. I repeat, love without desire. Love without wanting to own that person. Love without seeking to consume that person. Love without wanting to possess that person. Think only about how you will build that person and make that person grow in Christ. And you will see perfect love and you will not be afraid ever again in your lives. Here tonight, tell God you want to learn that. You're going to hurt. Trust me, you're going to hurt learning this. It took me a long, long time and I cannot tell you how how many times I got wounded and bruised along the way, but today I can stand in front of you proudly and say, I love each and every one of you with a perfect love. There's no fear. Will you learn to be that way? First, you need to be loved by God. One last thing before I conclude. The apostles, they were with Christ. One day they were all sitting in an upper room, terrified for their lives. They didn't know when they were going to hear a knock on the door and a soldiers walk in and start to cut off heads. They didn't know that. They cried out to God. They cried out to God in fear and in desperation. And what did God do? He poured out his Holy Spirit. And these men were never afraid again. Peter, who just a few weeks ago had betrayed his Lord Jesus because of cowardice, walked out there, delivered his first sermon, and 3,000 people were converted. One talk, powered by the Holy Spirit, without fear. We're going to invite God to pour out his Spirit here in our midst. But before that, one more thing, one final thing. I promise this is the last one. Jesus also was afraid. Did you know that? You may not realize it. But one day in the Garden of Gethsemane, he got on his knees, begging that the cup he was about to drink from, the cup of his passion, be taken away. It agonized him so much, he sweated blood. He was afraid. But in the midst of his fear, he called out to his Father in heaven. And before we invite the Holy Spirit, I want you to do this every single time you are afraid. I want you to call out to your Father, if necessary, with blood as sweat. And if God does not come and get you, I will stop preaching here, I promise. Because I believe with all my heart, he will not leave a single prayer made from the depths of the heart unheard. He did it for Jesus, he will do it for you, I promise. 
Say amen to that. Amen.